0: You're listening to your art friends, Beth Radloff and Andrew Thompson. They're about to have a thoroughly unserious discussion about art. But don't worry, whether you're da Vinci or de worst, there's room on this palette for every color. If this is your first time listening to Creatives Brainstorm, be forewarned. Because once you start looking at life like an artist, there's no undo button. and I'm Andrew and we're your art friends and this is our podcast this is our first episode of our podcast yeah
1: super pumped
0: you sound super pumped you sound (laughs) (laughs) sorry I did not are you nervous I never
1: yes again I have the sweaty palms um Mm -hmm. I'd never know when to like just let you like talk because I don't want to like interrupt you Mm
0: -hmm. versus like
1: When I should also like chime in and be like, yeah.
0: I'll never be mad if you interrupt me. Okay. Because I'm definitely going to interrupt you plenty. Yeah. Uh, That's just in my, in my Radloff blood. It's the way that I talk to people. It's a problem. Well,
1: I will work on not caring as much if I interrupt you then.
0: And I will work on caring more. (laughs) (laughs)
1: weird goals for a podcast but okay
0: (laughs) yeah right but speaking of weird goals for our podcast what is this podcast why are we making this podcast why should people listen to this podcast there are a handful of art podcasts out there and they're great they're great if you are an aspiring artist and you want to learn a little bit about business they're great if you're interested in what's happening in the art community and the discourse and the news um but I, I don't see a ton of art podcasts out there that are just a couple of dingleberries making jokes about how silly this career is.
1: And that's where we come in.
0: Mm-hmm. We initially wanted to call this podcast Farts.
1: I, I, I came up with way too many fart jokes for segments.
0: Yeah, I was piecing through <laughs> it to figure out what we were going to talk about in this episode, and, and none of them are usable. Spicy Farts was one of them. Mm-hmm.
1: So that was fun art that turned into... Uh, something much more than what it was initially supposed to be. Eating your art beans was another one. Like recharging your creative energy and trying different things to like get get out of a rut. Yeah, break up yeah. the monotony. Yeah, another one that was my fart stinks and that's okay. And the, the the point of the subject was we just talk about something we struggled with and the other says that's okay, we all fart sometimes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> So this podcast has gone through a couple iterations. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, We ultimately decided not to call it Farts. And by the way, Farts was uh, shorthand for fun arts. Mm -hmm. The thing about that, while I understand the joke, most folk who are uh, perusing Spotify are not going to look at the Farts podcast and be like, ah, neat, an art-centered comedy podcast. So we decided to go with your art friends. Yes. So today, first episode, what are we talking about? Well, We've got three topics. We want to talk about who we are. We want to talk about how we met. And we're going to ask ourselves why we are the way that we are. But first, Andrew, I've got a different question for you. Yes. Would you rather go viral for a not safe for work Naruto slash Sasuke boys love comic you made? What's the... Or would you rather have your dad walk in on you making it? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> we all know diehard anime fan Andrew Thompson. Yeah. I... Draws a plethora of naked Naruto smut. <laughs> <laughs> no, he doesn't. You don't. You, if you oh, don't know God. him, that's not a thing. I, d- I don't want to put that
1: into the world if it's not true. I mean, I do love Naruto, but not in that way. Um, you could
0: love Naruto in that way, in the way that Sasuke does. I don't know if Sasuke loves anything. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Sakura, I'm so sorry.
1: <laughs> God, the pros and cons of this. The pros of the going viral part is like, yes, I could go viral. I'd probably get a lot of followers.
0: It's the scale, right? But you get followers who are there for a specific Yeah, that's thing. true. They would
1: only be there for that. And then I'd be like pigeonholed to be the like Naruto smut guy, um, which would not be a fun thing to do uh i would get bored i mean don't of that. knock it till I, you try well i feel like i would you get, get bored, bored of that it. over time like <laughs> like there's only so many different combinations that you could you could do um but then the other the flip side is like I, it's one person I you feel, get viral in one head
0: yeah and it's your dad's head
1: but see like If my dad sees it, like he doesn't know what Naruto is. I could just be like, this is a commission by like somebody and they're paying me a ridiculous amount of money. And then he'd be like, yeah, okay," And he would just be like, that's weird. But he'd like leave.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I don't know your dad. I don't know if he would uh, have a very strong opinion about you drawing pornography privately in your room.
1: I think if I sold it with the like, I'm getting paid a lot of money for this, I think he'd be fine with it.
0: That's a true capitalist. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Love it. Respect it. Like, I think, I think that would be my, I think that would be my choice. Cause then I'd still be able to do all my other You're, art. You want your dad to and see your I notties? Be, I wouldn't be
0: pigeonholed. hmm
1: Yeah. I also feel like he just wouldn't be aware of what was going on in the picture. Like he would just kind of look at it and just be like, oh, okay. And then like. That would be it.
0: Andrew, if he wasn't aware of what was going on in that picture, then you wouldn't exist.
1: <laughs> well, like, like what I what I say by that is like my 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 dad is very like, um, you know, typical Midwestern, like not going to talk about uh, sex or anything like that. And so he's just going to look at it and just like or or he'll just be quiet about it and never
0: say anything about it. And it'll mm-hmm. just be
1: something that, like, goes unspoken.
0: That's probably what it is. That's yeah. the scenario. He walks in. Yeah. He sees you doing this. You know that he sees you doing this. You don't even have the opportunity to tell him that it's for money. Mm-hmm. You can't explain it away. He won't let you bring it up again. Yeah, probably. Yeah. And that's what you're going to go with. Yeah. Versus being pigeonholed into Sasuke. I think Naruto, so, yeah. Pornography. Yeah. How'd you like that? That was pretty good. Did that feel good? I, right. wasn't, I wasn't
1: <laughs> expecting expecting that. that. was a good one.
0: Yeah, because the standard. Would you rather for artists is would you rather uh, be a mediocre artist in life but be famous, or be an incredible artist and then after you die you become famous? Yeah, that's the one that I hear all the time. I
1: also like the one that you threw out at me last night, like when we were just like discussing we were the pitching format. ideas. Yeah.
0: So that one was: Would you rather eat a box of crayons? Or be a box of crayons. Yeah. And for me, I would like the reason why I didn't pick that for the first episode is because obviously it's it's eat a box of crayons. (laughs) But then Andrew comes out of left field like easy, easy answer. And he says,
1: I was like, I wanted to be the box of crayons because in elementary school, everybody like you, you, you were like so intent on getting the like big box of crayons with like the 64 colors and the pencil the the crayon sharpener Mm -hmm. and it was like that revered like christmas gift of like the box of crayons like the big box of crayons
0: how precious is that that's so. and and then i would
1: also be used to make art which is cool (laughs) but but then like after two hours of talking i was just like okay beth i have a new question going back to the box of crayons conundrum i was like if I can either eat the box of crayons or be the box of crayons, does that mean that the box of crayons that I am is the box that gets eaten? Because then I don't want to be the eaten box of crayons. <laughs> 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 and it, it became very full circle.
0: It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. I re- immediately regretted not asking <laughs> that one for the first episode. But you know what? We got it in there. So thank you. Yeah. No problem. It's, it's so obviously eat the box of crayons so I can go continue being a human being in the world. But I mean, to each their own. I'm not judging. But do
1: we really want to have that level of stress and anxiety when we could just be a box of crayons and have no responsibilities?
0: (laughs) (laughs) And there you go. This is why you should listen to our podcast. No deadlines.
1: no, No taxes.
0: You don't have to figure out what to eat for dinner every single night.
1: Yeah, you don't have to do dishes or laundry. The things that never stop piling up
0: hmm No emails to answer.
1: hmm No texting. Don't have to text anybody back.
0: You don't have to go to the laundromat? I hate to wash things outside of my home. I want an in-unit dish- dishwasher. I want an in-unit washer-dryer <laughs> so bad.
1: I feel like we should get back on
0: track and maybe uh, tell them who we are. Okay, first question. I like it. Let me go first here. Who we are. My name is Beth Radloff. I'm an art director. I live in Los Angeles. Uh, I've done work for Disney. I've done work for HBO. I've done work for Fox, a lot of big studios. And I've also done work for Joe Schmo, anybody who wants to make something cool on the Internet. And at the end of the day, while I've had the opportunity to do a lot of cool stuff, I most love to do personal collaborations with people who want to tell interesting, creative stories. Um, I've written down a list of different things that describe me, and that list has birds. Comedy, the internet, medieval fantasy, philosophy, I'm a leftist, I love to drink coffee, and I'm really into anime.
1: So so you like birds. Do you have a bird?
0: I do have a bird. That's another thing that goes into my artist bio most often. Beth B. Rad, an artist with a bird. Everybody needs to have a hook, and apparently that one's mine.
1: There are worse hooks.
0: Like the farts. Yeah. The fart artist. <laughs> yep.
1: Or the uh, Sasuke Naruto smut artist. Hey, there's
0: a lot. I'm <laughs> I'm kidding. I follow, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> I follow kidding. a lot of Sasuke Naruto smart artists. Um, yeah. And they're low-key... So much better at drawing the human form than I am. Right. Every time I see the smutty Smut stuff, artists I'm like,
1: are so good at anatomy. It's yeah. not fair,
0: and they're good at a specific kind of anatomy where it's uh, bodies interacting with other bodies, which is genuinely difficult to draw. A hand grabbing an ass. Yeah. If you can do it well, oh yeah. man.
1: Very true. It's like that give of like something like grabbing something else.
0: Mm-hmm. The strength and the softness. <laughs> of Sasuke and
1: Naruto. <laughs> <laughs> I I feel bad now. I didn't mean to shame any smut artists because they are awesome.
0: Yeah, we are an inclusive podcast. Yes. Please please send us your NSFWs. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I guess yeah, I should probably, you know, say who I am now. I am a fantasy pop illustrator, currently an adjunct professor of illustration and a lover of all things Magic the Gathering. Uh, Outside of those, I love fashion, but in the gaudy bright colors way. Beth can see it, but I'm wearing like bright pink and bright blue right now. He has the coolest Um, shirt
0: on. It's like a color blocked T-shirt. The pocket is pink. The actual uh, torso bit is teal. The lining around the neck is a light green. The back he's turning around the back is what, light pink or white?
1: It's light pink.
0: It's light pink. His right yeah. arm sleeve is blue. His left arm sleeve is pink. 10 out of 10. Love this shirt. I don't know what's going on below the camera. but Black n- jeans. <laughs> oh, oh, you could have made it so much more spicy. Why is this podcast <laughs> horny? I didn't. <laughs> this is not the intention. This is not what
1: we wanted. Well, you. Well, is it? Do we just become the heart heart podcast for horny art? Like, like, we had fart, like, fun art, but now we have horny art, so it's art.
0: <sighs> and it still has the same problem where you go on Spotify and you're looking like, oh, the Heart Podcast. This is probably about relationship advice. And you click on it and it says <laughs> two weirdos talking about anime porn.
1: Yeah, apparently.
0: <laughs> oh, God.
1: Yeah, that's that's our podcast now. Yep. Um, anyway,
0: you're the color boy.
1: Yes, I love color. Uh, I also like to spend time with 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 friends or in our current world talk to them over calls and i sometimes do that too often uh i also have a wonderful pup named cadence who's a pit mix that i lovingly refer to as my little brickhead because she's uh tan and she looks like she's wearing socks uh in the past i've done official work for sony entertainment marvel bethesda games mondo games lucasfilm and reebok uh currently i'm working on a few freelance gigs can't yet talk about um uh in addition to my own personal comic called banishment over on patreon which is all about depression so um yeah if just you want to check that out just go go jo- go go check that out mm-hmm.
0: well speaking about depression andrew i uh, i sort of have another subject that's like touchy and i mm-hmm. i do think that this podcast is a good platform to bring it up and talk about it it's a term uh, that a lot of people are familiar with. Uh, I'm familiar with, and it it I'm sensitive about it. Yeah. The starving artist.
1: Oh, that's that's a great idea, Beth. I actually uh so I fixed that problem earlier this week by making an apple crumble. You son of a bitch. <laughs> it was so good. So yeah, that's good. how
0: you fixed your starving artist problem by right? make it something yeah. to eat tell me about oh, your apple I was crumble hungry. you son I was of a bitch <laughs> uh
1: so yeah i just had all these extra leftover apples and um i feel like apples are that fruit that like i get them i'm always like it,
0: mm-hmm. they're like
1: the aspirational fruit of like i aspire sure. to eat them every day but sure then it a lot turns of artists into... out
0: there who aspire to make a lot of money too so.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh uh, no keep going about your apples though it's chill but then but then instead of eating like one every couple of days or every day, I end up not eating them. And then they get to the point where I'm like, well, I should probably use these before they go bad. Yeah. So then okay, I, I cut them all up, throw them uh-huh. into uh, a, a, a baking pan and uh, put like cinnamon and sugar on top. That sounds then, delicious. Yes. It's so good. And then a mix of I think it's uh, flour. Cinnamon, salt, and um, it's either baking powder or baking soda. Uh-huh. You, you put the flour and stuff over top of the the, the apples, and I then you talking, take melted I, butter. The so much butter, is like a trope. Though. You just I drizzle it over top. about. and then you bake that for like forty five minutes, and then it's delicious. And it tastes like um,
0: it tastes like your, heaven. I'm sure. Yeah,
1: it's it's just and like that's your, how, and
0: that's how you solve. The problem of being a starving artist, huh Andrew? Yeah, I eat food. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about how we met. Yes, yes.
1: <laughs> we met because of butts.
0: We did. We did. Um. We did. So in November of
1: 2018,
0: Andrew was it? Yeah. In November of 2019, Andrew and I both attended a art retreat. Yes. Out in Tenn- Tennessee.
1: We were on like a college campus that was like, wait, were there like students there like for the college or was it just like an off season?
0: I truly don't know. That time was a fever dream. Yeah.
1: But anyway, we were on this college campus uh-huh. and we had like two dorms that like all the artists stayed in. And then it was, there was gorgeous. Like, it was very yeah.
0: Hogwarts. It was very old. Uh, everything was made out of brick and stone and high archways. There was archways. a sorting hat, like all of it. You know?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it divided us into two different groups of artists. <laughs> you had the sculptors. You had mm-hmm.
0: the, the digital artists. Digital artists. You had
1: the, the, the traditional painters. And then you had the abstract artists and we all know that the abstract artists were uh Slytherin.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So we were on this retreat. Um, and a little bit of backstory about like, it, I have kind of a sordid history with artists. Uh, I went to art school. I'll talk about it later on, but it didn't go super well. And I left art school with like, not a lot of friends. Um, And I've spent the last couple of years uh, wanting to reconnect with other artists and being able to like talk to other artists about this thing that we do that really has its own language. And so I was in the middle of planning my wedding and I was being mad about how expensive wedding dresses were. And by procrastinating on shopping for wedding dresses, I somehow found this art retreat out of nowhere. And it was like two thousand dollars. You can go and live at Hogwarts and get sorted into the illustrators and group and i decided to just like on a whim do it i took all the money that i would have spent on a wedding dress and i put it towards my future and i decided to go on this retreat and so i go on this retreat i'm like nervous out of my mind because i don't have any art friends and i don't really know how like it went so bad in college that i'm afraid that everyone's gonna hate me again now that i'm an adult um and i show up like late and i'm the last person to sign up for a a review where you stand in front of everybody and you tell them about your artwork and show everybody your artwork and so i'm sitting in this auditorium with a group of i think 14 other artists and i'm sitting yeah, next think- to this guy that uh that was me <laughs>
1: <laughs> we were getting our like portfolios ready because you yeah. had your ipad and so you were getting your real like queued up yeah, so I'm and an animator
0: was... on top of being an illustrator. So I have this animation reel that I was prepping to share. And I work in comedy. So of course, I'm prepping my animation reel and I'm trying to ramp preview or not ramp preview it. What is it called? Buffer. I'm trying to buffer the video so that it will play smoothly. Mm-hmm. And the buffer fails and halfway through the video it just pauses on the shot of a man's bare ass and I can't, I can't get it to go away. I'm sitting here in a room full of strangers next to this guy, and there's just a, a bare male ass on my screen. And I start hearing him laugh. <laughs> yep.
1: I just like I just like remember like we were just sitting there and we had like, you know, I think we had like barely met. Like we had done some like um icebreaker activities prior to that. And I think like I had talked to you for like maybe a minute. Prior to that moment. And then, yeah, you were, like, getting your, your your reel ready. And I remembered you, like, you, like, opened it and then it, like, started playing and you, like, panicked and, like, went to, like, hit pause. And then when you hit pause, it was just bare ass on there. <laughs> and I just started laughing. And then it was, like, that was the moment that we were just, like, yes, we are friends. Yep. Because then the entire uh, review session, like, we were also the last two people to go. I believe. Mm -hmm. Uh, And And it was five
0: hours. We were sitting there for five hours. Yes,
1: it was so long. Um, But we saw everybody else's artwork. And so people go up and present their artwork and talk about it. And then the um, some of the teachers or mentors uh, that were at the workshop would like review it and tell them like, oh, like, I really love this. Maybe work on this. Mm -hmm. This reminds me of X, Y or Z. And Beth and I would just sit there and like be like, oh, my God, like that piece is so, so good like I love that piece. it's so amazing. And, like we we just like bonded throughout that yeah that, uh, review Be- all because of butts
0: mm-hmm. was, within was... those five hours and thanks to this icebreaker butt yeah uh we found out that we're, we're we get along really well. and so like the whole week we basically spent the whole time just hanging out together um and I found out that like Andrew's great and I can have art friends, which is cool. And you were also connected with a couple other people at that retreat, and so it ended up being this yeah. really great group of very talented, very kind, generous artists that all bonded together. It was awesome.
1: Yeah. because I went into the I went into the workshop, having been very burnt out, like I just finished uh, a big project for Mondo games called Cobble and Fog, and I'd done like 54 illustrations in the span of like four months.
0: That's, that's incredible
1: on top of teaching yeah and and also traveling to a couple different conventions like i worked uh, i helped another artist run their table at dragon con uh followed by a convention in salt lake city that i did and then i helped another artist um at MondoCon the following weekend Mm -hmm. and so there were like three weekends in a row that i was just like gone um and i was also teaching at the time on top of that so It was just very crazy and I was very burnt out and I was looking forward to this workshop being something where I was going to kind of um, focus on myself again because I hadn't focused on myself in a very long time in terms Mm -hmm. of artwork and several of my good friends that I have met doing like conventions like uh, Timothy Von Rudin aka Von Art um, and then uh, like Gawky Art and a few other people had done the workshop before um, but that year, Tim was, um, he, he was, was a mentor. One of, yeah. He was one of the mentors. Uh, an, another good friend of mine was, uh, an assistant. He wasn't a mentor, but he was an assistant, Alan Panicle. And I was like, okay, like, I, I think I want to try to do this thing. But, um, yeah, so I ended up, you know, going out there with the intent to focus on my own art. I didn't know what I was going to try to get out of it. Mm-hmm. But I ended up, you know, leaving, making a bunch of awesome new art friends that, like, I still stay in touch with.
0: Yeah. And it's been so valuable since then. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize it would be so valuable because I, I have I have friends. It's not like I don't have.
1: <laughs> do you, though? Do you? It's though, not Beth? like I do, do have friends.
0: But I live in L.A. and I run with a lot of film kids. Um, a bunch of my buddies graduated film school. And I love the collaborativeness of that, but mm. there's a different language that film students use with each other versus artists using with each other. Uh, and it's very hard to name drop Charles with a bunch of folks who don't know what the hell that means. Yeah. Um, and all of a sudden I'm surrounded by a bunch of people who absolutely have an intimate knowledge of what that means. And it, it makes you feel seen. It's really exciting to, to feel validated in your knowledge of a topic by other people who you look up to as being good at mm-hmm. that thing, knowledgeable themselves in that topic. Yeah. Uh, and it fed my soul, man. And then I was yeah, like, yeah. great, I'm going to start doing conventions. I'm going to start reaching out to other artists and like and broadening the circle. And then COVID happened, dog. I know, and right? It didn't go. It didn't go at all. And we yeah. all got sad and poor nope. and <laughs>
1: That's where my comic on depression came from. Yeah. Yay! Yay.
0: Uh
1: <laughs> But yeah, I think the really like I know we've talked about this, you know, behind the scenes, but I am very excited for this podcast because like, you know, it's called Your Art Friends and and we're trying to be, you know, we we want we want this to be um you know, for for people who may not have art friends and and are lacking that connection like you used to be. And I think that you are still very, like, I mean, you've said this, so I'm not speculating, but Mm -hmm. that you are still very early on in that journey of finding your art friends or your, like, found art family. And baby. And, And I think it's gonna, I'm really excited for anybody who's listening to this because you are going to get to hear Beth find her art family. Andrew. And it, it just it just warms my soul.
0: Oh my dude.
1: <laughs> hey Beth. Yes, Andrew? Can we talk about color?
0: Ah <gasps> the color boy. Yes. The color me. boy has started his segment.
1: Yeah, I'm just gonna talk about color. That's what we're yeah, gonna do. Yeah, it's
0: Andrew's color corner. Yeah. This uh, might be so- historical facts, this might be fun facts, this might be no facts. Just hey, love pink this week.
1: I always love pink. That is not a this week type of thing. It's just a constant.
0: I'm so sorry. (laughs) I I didn't know.
1: How dare you? Do you even know me? (laughs) I'm
0: trying. So
1: I'm going to tell you a fun fact about a color and then you have to guess what color it is. And then the follow up question is related to that color. Okay. So the first one is this color when used on cups makes hot chocolate taste better. Than in any other cup with a different color. No, it doesn't. According to a recent study. No, no, I do not believe that this is true. It was on Medical News Today in 2013.
0: Do I believe this? When I was a kid, I heard that uh, painting the walls green would make you more hungry, which is why Olive Gardens are green. So I'm going to go ahead and guess that it's like a like a rich green or a deep forest green. Nope. No, it's not. What is it?
1: It's orange.
0: Orange? You
1: Orange uh, or uh, a warm cream color.
0: Okay, I'll give you warm cream color. A warm cr- a warm cream would make any hot chocolate warm beverage coffee delicious perhaps. Orange like a sunrise? Nah. That that tastes like my aunt's walls.
1: Cuz it says the results showed that the hot chocolate scored highest on flavor when served in orange and cream plastic cups. While white plastic cups scored significantly worse than any other plastic cup color. Hot
0: chocolate in a white plastic cup? Of course, that that's is gonna a strange like...
1: beverage to eat out of a plastic cup or drink out of a plastic cup, not eat.
0: I wonder if the orange seals the plastic in a way that prevents it from soaking into the hot chocolate, and that's what the taste is. I don't believe the that.
1: The chemicals <laughs> seep into the chocolate. Yeah.
0: That's <laughs> um, bananas, dude. Yeah.
1: It is. It's pretty pretty wild.
0: Citation in the description, I suppose. And then the follow-up question
1: related to the color orange is, what came first, the fruit and the name of the fruit or the color?
0: Ah, oh, that's a good question. Yeah, it is. Can I parse this one out? The name of the fruit. But, okay, where did... Hmm, hmm. So this is interesting, because I'm sure oranges... Originally, we were not called oranges. That's just our English white people bullshit. Colonialism coming in here being like, that's orange. So, orange is this. I'm going to say the color <laughs> first and then the fruit. Okay. Final answer.
1: According to youcreative.com, in this article about 22 intriguing colors, it says just like the eternal question between the egg and the chicken. The orange shares the same mystery, but according to studies, the word orange appears in the English language as early as the 13th century, referring to the fruit. Uh, the color orange was initially called jeweleried, which means yellow red. Um, what the hell? On a related note, it was widely accepted that there is no single English word that is a true rhyme for orange.
0: Oh, I knew that.
1: Also, ju- also jewelry is spelled in a completely weird way that I would never have guessed. It's spelled G-E-O-L-U-H-R-E-A-D.
0: That's how I used to spell orange when I was in fourth grade.
1: <laughs> you were a true, um, not a hipster, because then you'd be ahead of the curve. Um, you're an old soul. You're an old soul. <laughs>
0: I mean also yes I like it. I like your jewelry chair. Mm-hmm. I would like the jeweled folder, please, Madame T-Chair. <laughs> She's like, what? Andrew, I'm zero for two so far in this segment. You truly are the color boy, and I am the monochromatic woman.
1: <laughs> no, no. You you are very good with color as well Thank in your you. work.
0: In my work, perhaps in my understanding, eh, my historical context of color is lacking.
1: Yeah, you just didn't do the Google search and then find the the 22 interesting facts about color that I did. That brings us to our, our next part, which is a confusing question in and of itself. Why we are what we are.
0: Why we are what we are. Yeah, when I was first drafting up this episode, uh, that was the language that I chose to use for this final kind of like big question about the the people that we are in the world. Um, initially, I meant it to be like, why are we the artists that we are? And then I was like, well, to be an artist is to view the world in a specific way that incorporates all different manners of thought and practice that has been influenced and put upon us by our collective community. And so to ask ourselves how we are the kind of artist is really to ask ourselves why we are the way that we are. (laughs) Uh, And that's truly where it came from. And, And I know that that's dumb. And I know that that's too much, but also it's kind of an interesting question, right? to sit yeah, down and ask I, yourself like what are my values what what did what did i listen to what was put into my brain up to uh to to bring me to where i am now
1: yeah when when i first read this question i was like does this mean like my artistic influences sure and, like the yes. things that shaped and molded me as an artist and 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 led me to where i am now mm-hmm the 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 trauma depression and anxiety that led to this current version of me
0: <laughs> are you somebody are you an artist who feels like most of your inspiration comes out of trauma depression and anxiety
1: uh mm, not so i have one specific series of personal work mm-hmm. that is very much from those 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 things um it was more a joke of like artists being like oh yes i'm so Like a tortured soul.
0: Oh, I know. Especially since we met at that artist retreat and we were Mm -hmm. privy to all of these people's um, artistic process for those five hours where we sat in the auditorium. It was uh, illuminating to listen to people talk about why they create the art that they create. And the majority of artists who were there did bring up something in... um, Something along the lines of I'm someone who deals with depression. I'm someone who deals with trauma. I'm somebody who's processing something negative in a healthy way through my artwork. Um, and mm-hmm. I felt like personally, that's not the reason why I make art. Yeah. It's not to say anything about it, there, there's no correct thing to to draw from. Right. Um, yeah. But it does make me feel othered a little bit where it's like, oh, most people seem to do this through trauma to work through trauma uh and while sometimes I do most of the time I'm not doing it to work through trauma does that make me unusual so that's why I ask you if it's some if that's like a well that you often pull from
1: it I don't think it's one that I often pull from but I think I I think it's become a good way for me to work through things if I am going through something Mm -hmm. um but I also have a piece that's just about, like, my art friends, and it's just a bunch of dragon riders on dragons, like, swooping into battle. And it's just, like, these people inspired me, so I made, you know, dragons that are it's inspired It's an homage by to the people
0: that you love. Yeah. And yeah. I call it Squadron. Hashtag Squad
1: Goals. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so how do you answer that question? Why are we the way that we are? Why are you the way that you are?
1: <laughs> my My funny answer was just to say DBZ.
0: I also <laughs>
1: <laughs> but then my longer answer is like Dragon Ball Z, Naruto, and literally every shonen anime from the nineties and early two thousands. Mm-hmm. Um mixed in with Norman Rockwell, JC Lyendecker, um Loish, um what other artists? Dude, you're
0: you're me? a bold punch artist, huh? Um anime yeah, protagonist, uh, bold colored Ronin punch Warriors. Artist. Uh-huh. Ronin Warriors was my shit. You guys didn't see it, but Andrew just did a pose that was choice. I saw all his muscles.
1: um, All two of them. Yep. (laughs)
0: Full
1: display. Um, Yeah, like Ronin Warriors is one of my favorite shows growing up. Uh, Swat Cats. The hell is Swat Cats? I don't know if you ever watched. It it was these two cats that they they worked in a junkyard um, by day. But then at night, they made a jet and all these cool like vehicles and they fought crime. And they were like the Batman of like this cat world.
0: (laughs) What what channel was this on? I think it was Cartoon
1: Network, but it was, yeah, it was called SWAT Cats.
0: SWAT Cats. Never heard of it. Yeah. Um, I'm also, it's ostracizing for me because I didn't grow up with cable at all. Um, Mm -hmm. And so everybody who's like a Nickelodeon kid or a Disney kid or a Cartoon Network kid, I was like a nature's documentary on PBS kid.
1: God, we would have we would have bonded so much as kids because like I was that weird kid who watched well, not weird kid, but I was the kid who watched Animal Planet all the time. Mm-hmm. And then I would just constantly talk about the shows that I watched on Animal Planet. We like, there would was, have been there was, friends
0: for sure. Yeah,
1: like I distinctly remember being in the back seat of my friend's like like their my my friend John his like mom's car, and like we we're doing something like I was hanging out with them that weekend and I was talking about there was a show on Animal Planet that was like basically America's Funniest Home Videos but for like animals Uh uh-huh and it was hosted by Keegan-Michael Key
0: (laughs) a true American hero and I remember
1: constantly talking about funny animal videos that were on that show (laughs) in the back of like this like you know soccer mom's car on That's the way so to like cute. family video to rent to rent a movie
0: mm-hmm. i wanted so desperately to have animal planet um when we were growing up we didn't have subscription services for like whatever streaming service yeah you had to back get like in the, my day back in my day you had to buy a cable package and ev you're buying the sports and i didn't care i just wanted animal planet I wanted Cartoon Network and Animal Planet, but more so the animal stuff. And I kept wondering like, why can't I just pay $12 a month to get my animal fix? And this is before YouTube. This is I had to go to the library and like r- get animal books <laughs> every week.
1: Yeah. I was into it, man. Oh, uh, did you have any like how to draw like animals books? No, or, like, it was just
0: science. So, my uh, why we are the way that we are. My mom is an artist. But my mom, first and foremost, sees herself as a mother. She was a stay-at-home mom, and all of her art, although spectacular, it was never something that was shared with the world to a, a big degree. Um, and then my dad was a union electrician. He would come home every day just, like, beat-tired and didn't necessarily enjoy his job, but was dedicated, never took a sick day. One of those just hard-working, cool dad. Um <laughs> But what happened is I had modeled for me this dynamic where your career is something that you cannot enjoy and art is something that's not a career. And it wasn't said out loud. It was just what I saw. And so my Mm -hmm. entire adolescence, I was like always being creative, always drawing, always going above and beyond on projects in order to make it interesting in a way that was creative. Um, But I never once considered that to be a possible career because it, it wasn't in my brain. Like I enjoy doing this, so it can't be how I make money um, until, of course, I, I meet like one teacher who teaches me about commercial artists, which leads me to accidentally taking AP art and then signing up for a figure drawing class and having this like aha moment in a figure drawing class where I'm drawing this model <laughs> and i, I deeply in love with it. And I've got this old guy on my left who's being really mean to me. And I've got this woman on my right who smells really bad. And even though all of these horrible things are happening, I am fully in love with the process of drawing a a figure. Uh, And it just totally redirected my career. And I just decided to go to art school and Bob's your uncle. Now we're here. But I was laughing earlier about your Shonen Anime Boy stuff because I wrote down that, why am I, I wrote down, why am I like this? Inuyasha, Mm. Kingdom Hearts, and Zelda are the Venn diagram of me. Yeah. Those three things.
1: Oh, God. What would my Venn diagram be? Would it be Naruto? It would be Naruto, but with the caveat of only the scenes when he, like, loses control of the nine-tailed fox. And just, like, goes crazy. And there's all this, like, energy just swirling around him and all these, like, really, like, cool action lines and, like dynamic shapes happening um
0: you got naruto at the top
1: gundam wing
0: oh you didn't mention gundam wing Wing earlier did you
1: yeah i I didn't mention that one but i do i have the entire dvd set of gundam wing and i also have endless waltz and i have um a little epion figure over here that i'm i can't quite reach that's okay Um, it's an audio podcast exactly Exactly. This is not a visual medium. <laughs> um, but yeah, I loved Gundam Wing. And like with Gundam Wing, I loved the um, explosions and how they like drew the explosions and stylized them. Here's
0: a question. And
1: like energy blasts.
0: When you were young, did you mm-hmm. fixate on um, the animation styles? Like some episodes of anime looked worse than others, backgrounds looked like they were drawn differently from things that were drawn as cell animation. Because when I was a kid, I, I mm-hmm. immediately picked out like what was three D, what was going to move in a scene, and what was not going to move in a scene. When the A T, I didn't know it at the time, but when like the A animation team is handling an episode versus when the B animation team or even the C animation team, um, if you mm-hmm. watch Aladdin and then watch Aladdin two, I was the kid who was like, "It looks really different. Why does it look really different?" Mm-hmm. And I had a lot of friends of mine be like, "What cartoons? It's fine." Stop examining this.
1: I I was not not that child. I think I knew like I I think I was able to pick up like obviously like you know if something was 3D versus like 2D, um, especially with like Zoids. Mm -hmm. Zoids was like very heavily 3D, and then they unapologetically so. Yeah, Um, or even like Beast Wars was Mm -hmm. like a very 3D like early on in 3D like as a medium. so ugly it's so 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 cringy to go back and watch now honestly even Um, going back
0: to um toy story one it's tough to watch oh yeah there's no easy ease on those keyframes you know what i'm saying
1: (laughs) yeah or or seeing that that uh pixar short of the baby from around that time that's like very creepy baby did they have any shading on the eyes I think they did, but it was just like this baby, like, did not look like, you know, like soft and like a person. Like, it was like everything is toys. Yeah. It was real creepy.
0: Um, That's something that drives me mental about um, 3D animation. Like, the most recent, uh, uh, not the, not the, like, softness of a baby, but the eyes thing that I was talking about. (laughs) Mass Effect Andromeda is the most recent Mm -hmm. iteration of, of this failure. Um, where they didn't put any shadow on the whites of the eyes. And so when someone is talking in that video game and they're blinking at you, it just looks so uncanny valley because their eyes are so bright. Yeah. The whites of your eyes, they're never white. They're the color that you're supposed to drink hot chocolate out of.
1: (laughs) Are you ever going to let that go?
0: No. You've given (laughs) me a fact, and now I'm going to incorporate it into a lot of different components of my life because this is the way that I am the way that I am.
1: Save it for the mug episode.
0: Oh, sh- guys, sh- get excited. <laughs> Next week, the topic is uh, it's all about coffee mugs. And that seems like there's not a lot to say, but oh, there's a lot to say. So much. Speaking of a lot to say, uh, my my history. Earlier in this episode, I alluded to how art school was difficult for me. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a lot of reasons why that was. For one, I was not a Humor, humor, good I didn't have a sense of humor when I was young. I took things oh, far too seriously. I had to go to college to learn to question authority. And once I learned to question authority, I realized that everything is very funny.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But before then, I, w- I was a stick in the mud, man. All through school, I was a straight A student. Uh, and then I discovered that like art could be my career. And so I decided to go to an art school, went to an art school, and most mm-hmm. of the student body at the art school were not people who prioritize grades above all else. And at that time in my life, I was very judgmental towards anyone who wasn't getting good grades. I was like, you are a bad person if school isn't a priority. And so I think that yeah. that definitely informed the way that people viewed me. And it took me the entirety of those four years to change that attitude um, and to find, <laughs> it's so shitty, but to find value in other things than good grades and, um, I was also an yes. RA, so I was like a narc. Uh, I tried to be an RA because I wanted to not pay for room and board. That's the reason. And that was choice. Yeah. That was a very good decision. But it did cause me to be an unpopular student. Um, but yeah, I left school with only like four friends uh, and some like really tarnished relationships and a, a weirdness around other artists because I, I'd just been burned so many times. Like I got accused of plagiarism and it really mm. like it's made me very sensitive and weird about influences and understanding what plagiarism is and what having influence is. And now I have a lot to say about the topic. So anyway, after college, I moved out to Los Angeles immediately and started working in the film industry. Um, and I did that for a couple years and I started to feel like too limited by it because I was working in Mm -hmm. movie trailers and I would make the coming this December a boy and his dog like the trailer cards that would appear in movie trailers and every time I'd be like I can illustrate the boy running across the screen with like a cool font that's in 3D and there's a light Uh, and then the producers would be like Nah, just do white text over black with a drift go and eventually I got real tired of that yeah and I started making YouTube content and I started streaming on Twitch and I started sharing my artwork and collaborating with smaller content creators to make things that were more artful. And uh, after going to that retreat on a whim, I've totally mm-hmm. changed the way that I view my own career and what I want to do. and I'm embracing I'm embracing a side of my artistic self that I didn't know existed in college. And had I been able to see that and recognize that and value that back then, perhaps I would have had a better time with my peers. But, you know, maybe you have to wait until you're 30 sometimes to get there. And yeah. now I'm ready to have those art friends. Now I'm ready to dive into this and have my first COVID shot. going to get my second COVID shot at the beginning of next month. And maybe we could start doing conventions. God, I'd love to do Woo! that.
1: That would be great. I got my second shot just this past week and I was knocked the hell out on Friday. (laughs) I didn't didn't leave the couch. Everything felt like it was on fire and it just everything hurt. Boy,
0: I'm sorry. But then it went away pretty quick, didn't it?
1: Yeah. Then uh, the next day, for anybody that hears this that hasn't had their second shot yet, uh, don't go too hard on the second day after your shot thinking like, oh, I'm back to normal. I'm at 100%. Because I decided to play with my dog outside for, like, 10 minutes, and I was playing tug-of-war with her, and she's an 80-pound pit mix, and yeah. I was just winded. Tucker, And, like, out. so exhausted after those, like, 10 minutes of playing with her, and I was like, oh, God, nope, nope, not at 100% yet. We're at, like, 75. Mm. And how do you feel now that you're vaccinated? Um, Hopeful. For the first uh, time. Very hopeful. Uh. Um, well well no I was actually thinking about this the other day because um so a little bit about uh, also this ties into the workshop that we've been talking about uh mm. so at the workshop I finally had this idea for a new personal piece and it was like on the last day or day and like last two days of the workshop that I kind of had this idea and I was like oh my god I want to make this piece about inspiration and how we kind of you know we share and like as artists, we're constantly either being inspired by other artists or we are inspiring other artists, whether we know it or not.
0: Which is not plagiarism, girl in college who got really mad at me. <laughs>
1: <sighs> yeah. Um, and so it's like this this kind of give and take of of creative energy and this inspiration. And it inspired me to make this piece with all these hands and these flowers, and like all these hands are kind of like surrounding this one central set of hands and this this flower that's blooming and kind of giving it their energy and at the workshop i decided to take photo references of everybody who i had like an inspiring talk with um beth included in that and uh i i just raced around the last night of the workshop and i was like i need to take photos of your hands like pick a hand that you mm-hmm. want to be in this illustration. It's and so There's cool. 19 what hands. A cool there's idea. 19 hands in this piece. Um, and fun fact, Beth picked the ones that are picked the hand that is right next to the central hands, like the closest hand to the central hands, which I think is so cool because like we became such good friends yeah. that like you, without me saying anything like picked the hand that is technically like the closest to like my hands in the piece. Wow. Um, and so I I just love that about about that piece. But I I did that. I started working on that that illustration um, over the next few months after after the workshop, and I really eased into it. I didn't like go at it super hard. Um, and then conventions at the very beginning of 2020 started in like January and February, um, and then I was almost finished with the piece, and I was going to have it done for a convention in March, and COVID hit. And we went into quarantine and everything just like everything was a roller coaster of like some good news, some bad news, some good news, some bad news. And when I finished the piece, I remember feeling very blah about it because when I started the piece, it came from this really like happy, like excited and hopeful like point. Yeah. And when I finished it, I was like Depressed and like super overworked and like, like alone, didn't know what to quarantining. expect. Quarantining. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and I wrote out this really long Patreon post for my patrons. And I was just like, you know, like I finished this piece. I'm really glad that it's done. But like honestly, I don't I don't feel it anymore. And it's wow. a bummer to me as an artist because, like, when I finish a new piece, I want to be really pumped about it, really excited about it. And when i finished that piece i was just kind of like yeah it's it's done cool like i guess i'll make prints of it now but Which like is i was excited about it
0: as a viewer of that piece it looks beautiful it doesn't look like somebody lost their uh lost the spark halfway through you know yeah i, well, love I think that it piece. was because
1: like i was already like so far in it by the time like covid hit mm. um but one of the things i said in the patreon post was i was like I was like, yeah, like, you know, I have faith that one day I will eventually, you know, look at this piece and be like, oh, I'm really happy about that piece or oh, that piece is super important to me. Um, But I don't know when that's going to be. And then just I think it was either yesterday or like earlier today, as as I was like walking around the house and doing stuff, I had this moment of like, oh, like I got my second shot, like people are getting vaccinated, like my family's vaccinated, like I'm fortunate enough that, like, nobody in my immediate family, like, got COVID and, and had any serious complications with it. And I'm just like, okay, like, they're all vaccinated. I'm vaccinated. Like, I, I feel that sense of hope now. That flower and then can I bloom of, again. Yeah. And I thought about that piece. And I was like, oh, I was like, is this kind of when that piece is going to become, like, relevant to me again and like something that I relate to again and like care about now that like you know like people are getting vaccinated and stuff is like hopefully going to open up and maybe return to some kind of quote unquote normal yeah how Um, important
0: yeah and I'm very glad for that even just for the simple fact that you drew 19 hands and I hope that that like matters (laughs) because
1: that's hard it, it, it was very hard and apparently something that a lot of people relate to on TikTok.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a big question why we are the way that we are. It kind of incorporates, it can incorporate uh, any component of our lives to lead us to the to this point. And it just so happens that we're artists. And so we take that information and, and we turn it into something visual in our cases and give that back out into the world.
1: Or sometimes, you know... A- in uh, an audio format like this.
0: Yeah, we're trying something new here. (laughs) The audio format of the visual artist. (laughs) Yes. Mm -hmm. So speaking of the podcast, Andrew, do you have any goals for this podcast personally?
1: I want to become rich and famous.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, JK. (laughs) (laughs) We had this conversation before the podcast recording. And that's not what he said. no, nope. <laughs> you got me uh, on guard with that <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, no, so my goal is to like I am not as used to being on like you know YouTube videos and um twitch streaming and and i i I catch myself constantly over censoring myself in terms of like like thinking like, oh, is this really funny? Maybe it's not really funny. Oh, I should just try to make it, you know, educational because like I'm not funny. And and then I go down this rabbit hole of making something very boring and bland. Of just like, mm-hmm. oh, here's my art. Here is how I make my art. Um, And so my goal is to kind of let myself play a little bit more yeah. and be goofy and just kind of like embrace the silliness. Um, And I feel like part of that came from like joining TikTok like in in the middle of 2020 and like jumping into that and then kind of really liking making videos and then making silly videos that i thought were just dumb and made me laugh yeah. but then like one of them became something that a lot of people thought was really funny um and and so yeah I, that's that's my my uh my goal for
0: myself i think that's fantastic I think that's fantastic and I really hope that I'm a good partner to help you explore that. Oh,
1: absolutely. I think I don't think there's a better person that I know that to to help me like along that journey. And especially given your like improv background and everything. Yeah, I'm one of those. Yeah, so what what is your goal for this this podcast or goals?
0: I hope it's obvious already. I want to, to be make... rich and famous. Uh-huh. Yep, that's what it was. <laughs> Stole the words right out of my mouth. That's what
1: every podcaster does.
0: (laughs) I want to make more friends. I want to be more involved in the art community. I feel very much like a voyeur. It's weird because I am somebody who makes things and I'm somebody who presents myself as an artist and who is recognized as an artist. And yet I still feel on the outside of this world. And man, that that one workshop that we went to really opened. It really showed me a path that I could go down and I wanna go down it. And so between this podcast, once things open up, going to conventions and meeting and spending time with other artists and collaborating maybe, having guests yeah. on this podcast. Yeah. I think um, asking you to co-host this with me was the best thing that I could have done because you are somebody who, like a golden retriever, you're just so, so friendly and so attractive and so easy. I, I say attractive in an appropriate way, uh i'm married <laughs>
1: don't <laughs> like, tell mike
0: No, don't listen. <laughs> but i mean that in that people want to talk to you you are magnetic in a way that is natural um and you already have this this wonderful group of artist friends who the people who i've talked to at least are like so inviting and great and so I mm-hmm. hope that I can help you be sillier and I hope that you can help me connect with our kind. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I,
1: I can be that that extrovert person who who introduces you to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, a friend of mine, actually, another artist friend of mine, uh, we were talking about how we met and she was just like, yeah, you you kind of just did that extrovert thing where you were just like yep we're gonna be friends now mm-hmm. and just like <laughs> it's so wonderful just like just like decided like yep we're gonna be friends and uh like and now we talk like a lot and I helped her at a convention and yeah like
0: it's a magic one of, it's, one of my it's close magic. friends now it's a gift and I'm yeah. ugh, I'm very frustrated to be an extroverted introvert like no mm-hmm. one thinks I'm an introvert but inside my head I'm screaming all the time So although I might not yet feel like I'm a member of this artist club, at the end of the day, Andrew and I are both artists on the Internet. And one of the questions that were frequently asked is, how do you get inspired? Well, it's a little known fact that every week, all of us artists do get a secret newsletter with explicit instructions on how to invite the muse. Should,
1: should we be telling them this?
0: No, but um, I don't want to gatekeep this anymore i want to share it okay uh if you're an artist listening to this podcast right now and uh you're starting to like freak out that we're sharing this you're you got to keep your mouth shut because you're complicit now if we get in trouble you're going to get in trouble too but i andrew and i have decided we talked about it beforehand we're going to go ahead and tell everybody our secret there is a secret newsletter and it has explicit instructions on how to invite the muse like i said and we're gonna take turns right now, giving you the step-by-step process of how every single artist is currently getting inspired this week, but only this week. You only have a couple days in order to do this correctly.
1: And if you miss that window, you're just gonna be behind,
0: mm-hmm. and it won't—you won't be able to draw anything. The first step,
1: and you know, bringing the muse to you is you—you you first need to melt butter.
0: Okay, this is a little bit weird, but I'm reading it um, I'm reading it off the list. After the butter's melted, you're supposed to take it with your two fingers, uh, spread it all over your face. Cover every part of your face except for your eyelids. Yes, yes.
1: After you, you know, put it on your face and everything, then the next step is you must find a freshly cut lawn and roll around in the grass because then the butter will make the grass clippings stick to your face.
0: That's really important because once you come back in with the grass clippings stuck to your face, you need to press your face into a clean white sheet of paper and hold it there for about 30 seconds. You can go over, but at least 30 seconds to make sure that it sticks.
1: Then you're going to put it in the freezer for an hour.
0: Once you take it out of the freezer, miraculously, each one of those blades of grass will have curled up and intertwined with each other. It doesn't sound like this will actually happen, but... Inspiration is magic, man. The blades of grass are going to curl into each other and create an image.
1: And then what you're going to do is you're going to photograph or scan that image. Scanning is going to be
0: hard because it is three-dimensional.
1: This is true. Um, so maybe, maybe photographing is
0: best. Uh, For our process, but, sure.
1: Yeah. Uh, but then you're going to take it into Photoshop and you're going to uh, you're going to adjust the contrast until it's just two tones.
0: And the last step just says stare at this. And if you do, the ideas will come.
1: Yep. That's I I did that this week.
0: I also did that this week.
1: And it worked out because I mowed my lawn like the day before.
0: It was harder for me because I live in an apartment complex. So I had to take a walk.
1: Yeah. Had to hunt down a freshly mowed lawn.
0: Uh huh. With the butter all over my face. Did I had anybody to the park. stop
1: you as you were doing that? No, I
0: live in Los Angeles. No one talks to anybody else on the street. That's fair. You can walk around with butter on your face, it's fine. And mm. the mask made it even easier.
1: Mm. Did the butter, did the butter like, you know, solidify before you got to the grass?
0: It Since did. I'm not it. super proud of the piece that I ended up making. I think that my mm. inspirational journey was uh, it was hindered by how long it took for me to get my butter face to touch the ground. Had I had a quicker butter face to ground time frame, perhaps it would have yielded more inspiration. But, um, you know, you got to work with what you've given.
1: That's that's true. We do have to work with our butter faces. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) yeah so speaking of you know discovering your inspiration and 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 cultivating that uh now we're at the part of the episode where we're gonna talk about an artist that we like they could be famous underground dead or seven years old uh if they made something rad we're gonna talk about it
0: i just Um, realized that we forgot to put the why didn't I think of that segment in here?
1: Oh, uh, we did forget to do that.
0: What the heck? What do we do?
1: Uh, <laughs> that's a good question. Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> <laughs> All right. There we, got there we
0: it go. it Did it in one. <laughs> it's Spoiler the first episode. It'll well, be more polished th- later
1: on. There's a segment called, why didn't I think of that? And we forgot to put it in here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> in this segment, oh fuck man, where is it? <laughs> I didn't even write it down. Yeah, so welcome, <laughs> welcome to a segment we like to call, why didn't I think of that? Where we each share one thing that we saw this week that was so good and so clever that it left us saying, why didn't I think of that?
1: So what was yours?
0: Andrew, this week on Twitter, at Big Esteban tweeted something, and it's a picture of a bumper sticker, and it says MILF. But then underneath MILF, it says, man, I love frogs. And I'm...
1: (laughs) It reminds me of... There's a TikTok where this little kid has written something out, uh, written a word out, um, but he he is dead set on it, standing for see you next time. No,
0: <laughs> buddy, buddy got caught something bad. God, but see you next time is like that's known. I've never seen Man, I Love Frogs before. Man, I Love Frogs. It's just a it's a, such an ugly bumper sticker. It's just solid green, yellow text. It's just a JPEG image of a frog. And it says, MILF, man, I love frogs. And I'm so mad that I didn't sit staring out my window thinking of dumb stuff to make stickers out of. And what happens is I see stuff like this and I'm like, if I don't like it on Twitter, then nobody will know. And maybe I can make a Maybe I can make a sticker that says, man, I love frogs. And it's a MILF frog. And then I go, no, that that is plagiarism. And don't be. Don't be that person, Beth. But then I'm like, well, who owns Man I Love Frogs? This is just a funny joke, right? So how could I could I make my own sticker that looks totally different, but says the same thing? And then I'm like, no, why didn't I think of that? That's where this this ends. And it's just it's just a funny idea. I'm mad that I didn't think of it.
1: I'm mad that you didn't think of it either.
0: Man, I love frogs. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. That's mine this week. What about you? I love
1: it. Um, yeah. So the other day, I was trying to cut packaging for um, these play mats that I have because I do a lot of stuff with like gaming and like tabletop role playing game stuff. Uh, so some of my art is printed on two play mats, and a store ordered some play mats, and so I have packaging that I make. And how it works is I take an Avery label and I stick it on chipboard. And then I cut that down, and then I fold that in half and staple it to the bag. And I was cutting it with a box cutter and a ruler, and I have a paper cutter. Oh. And for some reason, I had it like John Henry style in my brain that I was faster doing the ruler and box cutter. You weren't. Um, no, I, I was not. I haven't was... seen you do
0: this, but I can already, I can tell you right now. Yeah, and I have a box
1: cutter. I have no excuse.
0: You have a paper cutter, Yeah.
1: A paper cutter, not a box cutter. Yes, I have both. But I also have a paper cutter, which is the more important thing in this story. Um, and yeah, I decided one day I was like, you know what? I'm going to try it on the paper cutter. And I did like one of them. And I was like, why Why did I not think that this would be? Why did I not think of that? Why did I not think that this would be faster?
0: I'm so jealous because you came up with your idea and now you can use it. And I just saw a picture of a bumper sticker. I was mad that I didn't think of it and I can't do it. But you get to benefit from your why didn't I think of that.
1: So, should we circle back now to the uh, artists that we think are cool? Yes. That we want to want to hype up?
0: Yeah. Andrew's going to take uh, this week. We're going to ping pong back and forth and yeah. take it away.
1: So, for all of you that are listening to this now, uh, this is taking place the, the week of the pre-release for Magic the Gathering's new set, Strixhaven. And the reason that's important is because the artist that I am obsessed with now uh, did the artwork for a card called Faithless Looting. Before I go into a very in-depth description of her work, uh, the artist's name is Carly Janine Mazur, and um, there will be a link in the, the description of this so you can check out her stuff. It's really great. She does a really good job at blending uh, realistic like skin tones with very graphic shapes, and textures and colors, and it's so cool and so interesting. Um, and I, I just love her stuff. And and the piece that she did for, um, Magic Faithless Looting, it's got this like character with this like really interesting like hood over top of their head, and there's a shadow covering most of their face, but then their eyes are just two red dots. And then there's all these other graphic elements with textures, and this is a traditional painting, and it looks so good. And I love it so much. It is one of my favorite pieces out of the new Magic set. And yeah, I think it's just really cool. And you should definitely go check out Carly's work.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at her portfolio right now. And just like you said, she does these beautiful, realistic portraits, but then mm. mixes like remixes them with anime influence and pop art and graphic designs. And you're saying this is all traditional?
1: Yeah, I believe so. The two pieces she did for Magic were traditional and uh, they were auctioned off at like a a week and a half ago or so.
0: Oh, she's got this awesome Undertale piece. It's in the shape of a pixelated heart, and it's sans and papyrus Uh, who are like fully illustrated realistic skeletons in cartoon outfits, pixelated cartoon outfits. It's all traditional paint. This this takes a lot of skill to do. And the first time I saw her work, you showed me her stuff uh, uh, about last week. I was impressed Mm -hmm. by it. And now that I'm looking at it again, I am more impressed by it in different ways. It's a she's somebody who makes artwork that I think when you return to it, you get more value. Yeah. And that's cool. It's
1: it's such, such beautiful work. Uh, but yeah, definitely go check out Carly's stuff and, and and follow her and buy prints and do the things.
0: Should there be like a sentence to close that out? Like, And that's that, that's the artist we're promoting who doesn't even know we exist.
1: And that's how the paint dries. And
0: that's that's how you paint. Ew.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe like, and and that's who who we're digging this week. And if you dig this
0: podcast,
1: you can follow us on Twitter. Oh my God,
0: that's great. That's who we're digging this week. And if you dig this podcast, we're on Twitter, at your art friends. Right now, that's the best way to connect with us. And you want to, because once this gets rolling, we're going to want to bring your tweets into this show. If you want to see more of us, you can find me at Beth Burad. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, and YouTube.
1: Uh, and you can find me at Schmandrew Art on Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, and TikTok. And then uh, you can also find me on Patreon as well. And yeah, that's that's the end of the show,
0: guys. That's the end of our first episode. Yep. Sometimes we were serious and sometimes it was just tomfoolery. Shout out to famed 16th century court jester tomfool. Yay! Yeah. That's just what you get when two friends who met because of a shared love of making things and a bare ass sit down to make a podcast. Bye-bye. See ya. Goodbye. We love you. (laughs) Please come back. (laughs) Your Art Friends is a Moorpark Media Production our music is by andrew smith check out his band makeshift radio on spotify and itunes